Check one. Hey, me six is saying that we're live. Awesome. Hey, welcome everybody. Anybody that paid attention saw that we are actually on an hour earlier today. Okay, we got audio. Hopefully we got video as well. YouTube is saying we're live. Okay, you guys, join us this Friday, November 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Jim DeCola will be with us. PV Wolfgang's Gibson Guitars. We'll be talking about all that and more. It's going to be a great show. This Friday, November 18th, 2022, 8 p.m. Eastern, normal time, 5 Pacific. Join us. <laughs> all right. Am I here? Can you guys see me? Can you guys see me? I don't even know. It sucks that I have to do this now because that one time where, where the camera didn't work, now I got to do this. Oh, there I am. Okay. Okay, there we are. All right. All right, you guys. Here, let's do this. Exclusively Van Halen. Vinyl giveaway. Make sure to type something in the chat. You see me, Dan? Okay, awesome. November 15, 2022, it's 7 uh, o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, special time today. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Hey, this is Michael Anthony right here, and you are watching exclusively Van Halen on the Johnny Bean TV. Keep it there. Woo! See ya! Hey, man. The Johnny Bean Show. What's up, dude? What's up, dude? Johnny, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm the truth. The truth is, I'm, I'm a little under the weather. Just a little bit. And so. Oh, no. Johnny has the C word. Remember well, how we were, ne we were never allowed to say COVID? <laughs> well, you just said it. Yeah, because actually, what will happen is once you say it, it actually shows yeah. up in like the uh the description of the video like on youtube it actually says this involves oh this God. word because it's because somebody mentioned it uh like a week ago or something and i i saw it and no nah, it's it's cool it's cool but no nah, that's i probably don't have that because i already had it right. and actually i don't feel i really don't feel so bad it's just it's just a, a slight cold i think i don't feel tardy mm-hmm yeah How's your microphone, though? Do, do you have any gain? Check, check, check. Is it sound okay? There, there we go. That's better. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it's open pretty loud. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay, that's cool. How about that? That's good. Hey, now. Oh, my gosh. Man. Man. Dane, welcome. Good, good to see you, man. And just so you guys know, Dane messaged me yesterday, and he and he's like, "Can we go on like an hour earlier tomorrow, please?" 
Yeah, because like, here in Arizona, it's five o'clock right now. It's five o five. So <laughs> let's leave it at five o'clock. So you guys don't, don't change do that time zone thing. Whatever that thing was. No, right? we don't. We don't do that. Daylight savings time. We don't see that. We don't observe that here mm-hmm. in Arizona. So the rest of the world, like, gets later for you or earlier. I don't. I don't even know. Um, it earlier. gets later because is it six o'clock your time right now? No, nah, it's four. It's four o'clock your time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how any wow. of this works, but. Yeah, daylight saving. So you're saving an hour because it's four o'clock instead of five o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I, I can still go out and play once we're done here. Awesome. Which means take the garbage cans down. <laughs> I had a band rehearsal on Sunday really cool we're trying to write songs and stuff like that mm-hmm. oh that's cool man that's cool it's Except fun I feel, I feel to play short. covers it's fun to play covers but it gives you a whole different um sense of accomplishment when you actually write a song and especially if you can get the guys in the band to record it and stuff mm-hmm. you get a really good sense of accomplishment by doing that Oh, that's that's great. So you guys wrote a new song? Um or a song? Cuz you you're a cover yeah. band. You play you play covers mostly, right? Well, you know when we played at the Whiskey, we did one cover 2 weeks ago, we played the Whiskey. We mm-hmm. did one cover tune and uh five original songs. Oh, right on, man. Mm-hmm. So we're we're focusing on trying to be an original band now. And just working on a a uh, half an hour, 45 minutes show. That's all we want to do. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. Congratulations. I don't want to do those three or four hour bar shows anymore. It's too much mm-hmm. work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because for you, well, like when when you when your band when you play the whiskey, don't yeah. you drive there like that same day and then drive home I the do. same night? I do, man. We're crazy. Hardcore. No. Man. Oh, my gosh. That's like Hell 12 yeah, hours right. of just driving. Yes. <laughs> with, with a half an hour of a, just a blast in, in between. Right in the middle of it, you get to play at the whiskey and open for Striper. <laughs> you know what happened is I, I played the gig. We opened up for Striper at the Whiskey A Go-Go two Fridays ago. So it would have been November mm. 4th. Mm-hmm. And uh, Striper had sold out Friday and Saturday night. Well, we, we had our show um, Friday night. So I played my bass. We did the show. Sold out crowd. It was packed in there. And it was a blast. And the crowd acted like they liked us and they enjoyed it. And you saw a lot of video cameras pointing at us or cell phones pointing at us and stuff. So for us, mm-hmm. it was like being on top of the world. I grabbed my bass after the show. I unplugged it, ran up the steps and all the way up into the green room. And right as I came around the corner, there's Michael Sweet standing right there. And um, and you know what I did is so when I got to the bar, I went to the merch booth and I bought a striper T-shirt that has I'm getting buzzed. There's a fly buzzing. I bought a striper T-shirt that has one of those Washburn yellow and black flying v's on it because you see how striper has their own washburn guitars right that are yellow and black striped yeah i bought one of those t-shirts i ripped the sleeves off of it okay and that's how i played the show 
And uh, so, like I said, I ran up the steps right after my show. And there's Michael Sweet just this far away, right? As I come around the corner, there's a little hallway and there's three green rooms upstairs at uh -huh. the whiskey on the third floor. And there's Michael Sweet standing right there. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, man, nice, nice T-shirt. And I looked down at it and I said, uh, yeah, I designed this shirt. And then I just walked away. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh-huh. And that was it? That's all you said to him? That's all I said to him. I said, yeah, I designed this shirt. And, I, and, then you, I walked and you walked away. I he did. didn't I walk walked away. away. You walked yeah, away. I think he giggled a little bit. I hope. I hope I just, I <laughs> you know. If you can, when you meet somebody like that, and it's a half an hour before they go on stage, you don't mm -hmm. want to sit and play fanboy with them. Even though I'm a huge fanboy of uh, Striper. I love their songs since the early 80s when I heard that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I could have sat there and, you know, chatted with him. But no, I tried to make one quick little joke and then I left him alone. And you left and you didn't see him again after that or because you, mm -hmm. you left, right? I mean, you stayed for you stayed for their set. I, I sat up in the green room for a while and then uh, just to relax a little bit because, again, it was a sold out show. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was jumping around for a half an hour. But uh Yeah. It was, I sat up there for a while. I'm getting, but there's a fly in here. Uh oh. I, I had my doors open today in this store. Oh. Yeah. Do you see a fly buzzing around? <laughs> there's actually a fly in here, too. Actually. The Jay Leno oh, fly. It'd be funny if it flew from here and then flew across and flew onto your screen and kept going. That'd be funny. Could you imagine that if we could pull that one off? We probably could. <laughs> Wow. Well, hey, really quickly, let's say hello to the top tier of channel members here on Johnny Bean TV here on YouTube. Okay. I mean, I just I just said it. We have channel members and the top tier of the channel members are the executive producers. And they are Stephen Franklin, Michael Smith, Music Therapy Laz, who I hung out with last night. We'll talk about that. Uh, Majestic PB and J Cat, Thomas Santiago, Guitar Man 45, Sherman Callahan, Thomas Santiago again, John Moronic, R Habs, David Allen Wright, Warlag, and Michael B. Live. That's the top tier of channel members, the big bosses here at Johnny Bean TV. If you'd like to become a channel member, click that join button right below the 12 thumbs ups. Thank you so much, you guys. Smash that thumbs up. And don't forget, you want to you want to say something in the chat because we're we're doing a, another giveaway tonight. We give away Van Halen vinyl on Tuesdays. Well, not always vinyl. Sometimes stickers. You know, sometimes whatever. But mostly vinyl. So we're giving away. Uh, actually, you guys have a, have a choice. And I'll actually I'll type this into the chat in a, in a few minutes. Um, but let me let me say this again. Let me say this one more time because this this is very important. This Friday, you want to be here. We'll be talking with Jim DeCola from Gibson. And he was responsible with Edward of designing the EVH PV Wolfgang. So wow. get your questions ready. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? Yeah. It'll be it'll be pretty good. This Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. 
That's November the 18th. That's him in the photo there at a NAM show with, with Edward. Um, he works with Gibson now. So get your Gibson oh, uh, questions ready. Huh? Oh, I get yeah. it now because you said he works for Gibson, but he helped design the PV. So. He was with PV when Edward was with PV. Right. Back back then when when they made the PV Wolfgang. Early 90s? Mid 90s? Mid 90s. I I, mm-hmm. I want to say 96 Seven, eight, nine. Right around that greatest hits period, right? Ninety six when the greatest hits came, and they, and they put Dave back in the band for two songs. Mm-hmm. That was ninety six, wasn't it? Ninety, yes, it was. Right? Oh yeah, one two. I see you, man. Fun time to be a, around in the Van Halen camp. Man, it, it's almost. I feel like I, I I'm saying that every day now. You know, it, it's like it's, you know, it's just amazing that we were around in 96 for Van Halen when Van Halen was was was, you know, making making records, touring, all that mm-hmm. stuff. You know, we could go and see them, everything. And every year they'd come to town. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about Van Halen back in those days, they didn't like to go. I, I think Eddie and Alex didn't like to go play a whole tour through Japan and Australia and all through Europe and stuff. They did it a few times, but they preferred mm-hmm. to just stay in the United States. And mm-hmm. so they would come through Phoenix every year. You know, you could almost count on it like clockwork for about oh, five yeah. years. There. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know. We'd have, we'd have to talk to, uh, maybe like a, a touring manager or something about this. I I would I don't think it's up to the band where they go when they tour. I think it's up to up to the the management and where they can book the the shows and book a a, a touring route. I think I think that's what it is. Although I heard that somewhere that Eddie and Alex didn't like to uh, go out of the United States. They wanted to stay in. Just they were doing so good at that time here in America. I mean, why travel around? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they were selling out every place they could. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they were. Nineteen eighty four, and- the nineteen eighty four tour that was right here in uh, in Phoenix. Um, it was two sold out nights in a row. They'd play at the Coliseum mm-hmm. that held nineteen thousand people. And um, they played two nights in a row. Were you there? I was for one of them, yeah. Oh, wow, man. I went to the first show. That's cool. How come you didn't go two, two nights? I know, right? Because <laughs> I was broke, most likely. <laughs> Tickets back I then were $8. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't put my $8 together Tickets? plus gas money to drive into Phoenix. <laughs> Just imagine eight bucks to see a show like that. Just imagine that, and then just imagine on top of that, you win a contest, and 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 you're like up up on stage with them, and you get a cake thrown in your face, like our friend Kurt Jeffries. Imagine that, man. That that just would have been just just uh, amazing, man. Let's throw that in there. There we go. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't get to see them on the 84 tour because I technically wasn't a fan yet. So go ahead and boo all you want, you guys. Um, but I was five uh, years old. You know, I wasn't old enough. You know, I, I didn't get into them until Back to the Future. And I've told the story a million times, but I know there's always new people watching the stuff. So Back to the Future is, is how I got into Van Halen. And if you know the connection to that, you're a, you're a super fan. So, yeah, so the next record I bought was 5150 and then bought the first record after that and and everything. Um, but I, I did dig back and I bought all the records and recorded all the stuff on MTV and everything and became aware of everything. And, and I remember I remember exactly thinking at one point, man, I wish there was like video footage of the band on like their early tours. You know? I know we we just didn't get much of that. They didn't they didn't think about it at the time. I see a little bit of footage of uh, so this is love. They had a video for so this is love. Yes, and that was probably eighty um, eighty one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they I did three videos. A video of so this is love, and the sound quality was a little, eh, you know. But I always said to myself, man, I wish they would do uh, some live videos where we can see them live. We never really got that until the uh, Sammy Hagar did the uh, Live Without a Net video. And I had that on, um, I probably still do somewhere. I have it on VHS. Mm-hmm. But I actually had um, at my old store location... I had two of these um, that looked like half stacks. So they were speaker grills, but there was a TV monitor in the top half. And I have I had two of them. And I, I ended up giving them to uh, Jerry that runs uh, Orange County Guitars down in Orange County there, Anaheim. Hmm. And uh, but I had a I had a. Uh, wait, was it on a DVD or a VHS? It was on a DVD. And I would have had a DVD player and I would play that Van Halen live without a net and I would let it just loop at this at my old location of the store. And this was probably about five years ago. And I would just let that stuff loop all day long. Right on, man. Uh-huh. That's cool. I used to watch that. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I would watch that all day long. <laughs> I'd skip school and watch that video. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so guess what? So, in the chat right now, there's a poll. Which uh, vinyl forty-five do you want more? Basically, because I found, I found two of them. I've got Jump backed with House of Pain. Then I've got Jump backed with I'll Wait. So they're both Jump, but the B sides are different. Crazy. They're both, they're both official. Both of them. But one so, is the picture sleeve. So One the picture sleeve, they put uh, House of Pain on there. Correct. Correct. So one one is the, the sleeve. One is without the sleeve. It's called the Back-to-Back back Hits Collection, which was the Warner Brothers. It oh, was and them so basically. that's reissue stuff. It was reissuing. 10, 10 years later or something. Uh, about five years later. Five years I, later. I, I bought this band brand new in probably 1990. Okay. So, so we got both of those in the chat and the house of pain one. That's that, that one jumped ahead. 
<laughs> that is such a great song. If I could pick one or the other, I'll wait over House of Pain, just like, you know, which one would you prefer to listen to right at this moment? I'd always hit the House of Pain button. Hmm. That's okay. Yeah. You know, compared to I'll wait, I'll wait's a fun song. It's How's got the, the keyboards in it? It's got the big doo 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 doo, the big drum sound. Yeah, yeah. Written by, um, um, had a lot of help from. Uh, come on, who's the guy from the mm. Doobie Brothers that helped write it? Gave Dave ideas on how it went. Uh, hmm. Who was that in the chat? They might. Know. Michael Michael McDonald. Michael, Michael McDonald. McDonald right. Helped him. Come on, Dave. You got to sing it sort of like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great song, I'll Wait. I I, mm -hmm. I always thought it was, I mean, I always loved the guitar solo in that song. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter, by the way, you guys, follow me on Twitter. I'm We're actually live on Twitter right now, so if you want to jump over to Twitter and actually tweet us from the, the, the live video, you can actually do that, and I will see that. But actually, somebody responded to me on Twitter, actually just like an hour ago, saying that, uh, actually, let's actually, let me, let me pull up Twitter and see what he said. Um, I forget what the tweet was, but he said some. oh, here he is, Doctor of Networks on uh, on Twitter was, why, why did he say that? Let me see. Twitter, man. Wow. That's oh, been I quite see. the topic as recently, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, oh, the, the promo. I, I do promos for every one of these shows on Twitter. Every, every time I do a show, I do a promo. And actually, he was responding to a promo from October 21st. So this wasn't even tonight's show. He was, he was uh, responding. Oh, that was, that was uh, the day before uh, Billy Sheehan was on. Oh, that must have been Friday. That was a Friday. Billy Sheehan was here on a Saturday. That's what that was. So anyway, so so this guy on Twitter, Doctor of Networks, he responded back. He just happened to respond back to me, like had nothing to do with with. I mean, it kind of did, but didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, he said EVH was an extremely fast guitar player, but his solos always left me feeling empty. Hang on. <laughs> um, David Gilmore, on the other hand, could make you feel his pain. Well, that's because uh, those Gil. That's because those Pink Floyd songs were so damn depressing. Most of them. <laughs> that whole uh, the Animals album is just so depressing. I I'm, I love the songs on there. I'm an mm -hmm. old school Pink Floyd fan, and I, I really appreciate how Dave <laughs> David Gilmore would do his string bends to perfect pitch every time. But uh, some of those albums were very, very dark and slow and depressing. Yeah. If you guys want to respond, there he is at Doctor Bob One Two Three. If you want to respond to him, Eddie and I don't and I don't see Eddie being that fast. I just think, man, when he played a lead, in my opinion, when Eddie played a lead, it was the highlight of the song. And the songs were great and could stand alone without even having a guitar solo in them. But then once you added the lead work in there, you're like, oh, my God, this is just way too good. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. it was the highlight of the song without the song. The songs are so good. They don't even, they don't need to even to have a guitar solo. They're still great songs. Uh-huh. Um, what was I going to say? Something. Uh, I totally blanked on what my, my uh, response to. Something about was. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd is good. I mean, I'll yeah. admit, I, I never I never owned any of the records. I mean, I hate to say that. Um, and I can understand what, what, what Dr. Bob is saying about about you can make him feel the pain because, yeah, his solos, I mean, I mean, yeah, there of course. I mean, there's a reason why David Gilmore is David Gilmore. But to say yeah. that, that, that Edward Van Halen, what actually what I was going re- to respond to him, what I originally was going to re- write, and Dr. Bob, if you're watching this, Originally, what I was going to respond to was what I was going to reply to you was was uh, what was I going to say? Let's what's he saying? EVH was an extremely fast guitar player, but his soul has always left me feeling empty. Is what he's saying. I was actually I was going to say something about how it's it's not always. I mean, speed. I mean, yeah, Edward was fast, but it had nothing. Fast is just a part of what he did. It, it 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 seems like like Dr. Bob here kind of is is thinking the way I kind of think of like some other guys that are con- considered shredders where they just play super fast and there's like nothing in there and and it's just like uh you know it sounds cool for what it is but so I can I can get what he's saying he's putting EVH in that category which EVH is not in that category at all whatsoever whatsoever Ed, Edward could play one note and to it would do more for me than a million notes by I don't know pick your favorite shredder yeah and uh Randy sense. 5150 saying Gilmore's tone was creamy it's true Gilmore used a lot of delay and he used like a fuzz pedal and he was playing through single coils mm-hmm so uh yeah and Eddie used, uh, you know, high gain distortion with flange, and he used delay too. Mm-hmm. And phaser. Yeah, phaser. But but also he would play uh, he would play uh, a nylon string too. I mean it's it's in it's in the fingers. Oh, there's the fly that I have now. My fly just flew by. <laughs> 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 did you see it it went like right here it was like here it flew towards my it. my light there and then went that way i need to Let put my glasses on think. to even read the chat mostly <laughs> eddie had swing that's right octopus oh, yeah. ears is backing up uh slash slash is good cc mm-hmm. likes both of them slash got into the chat somehow tyler seems to think slash is very very good mm-hmm Hey, I mean, yeah, Slash, David Gilmore, Itter Van Halen, they're who they are because they are, they're all amazing. And they're all different. Slash has a creamy tone with uh, humbuckers. Yeah. Tommy Thompson. I just got your, your oh, you just, oh, you just replied to us. Thank you, man. Eight, six, seven, five, three. Oh, no, that's Tommy Two-Tone. Yeah. But yeah, Tommy Thompson replied to us because yeah, we're live on Twitter. Right there, and Tommy Thompson replied. There you are. 
Yeah, so reply we're to on us tw on Twitter. Twitter. I hope Eli or uh, what's the guy's name that bought Twitter? Elon. Elon. I hope Elon doesn't cancel us now. Well, Wouldn't that be bad to get canceled. Uh, yeah, I guess it would be. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> jokes. I make jokes. They don't land usually. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I know what I was gonna do. I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna do another poll. I guess we could. We could do some other poll. I guess. Um, all right. We got about twenty nine votes. Which do you want more? It looks like the jump house of pain is what people really want today. So, so we're gonna spin for this a little later on. All you gotta do is say something in the chat. You know, talk with your neighbor in the chat above you or behind you or whatever. Let them know. You know stuff. Where you're from? Honey, is there any way that you could search for something for us to do? Could you search a uh, like the top twenty Van Halen songs according to I don't know Rolling Stone magazine or let, let's do some sort of a t top twenty kind of thing? Top Van Halen so albums or songs? Let, let's go songs, and that'll include. Uh, Hagar. That include Hagar. How about Rolling and, uh, Stone readers select? Well, that's like 10. But you want 20. That's well, 10. if we can get a top 10 up and 15, that's, that's there's good 15. Enough. How about Billboard's Eddie Van Halen's 15 best? Oh, that's Eddie Van. Wait. That's same Billboard. guy, same band. Yeah. Okay, let, let's go for 10 and then we'll go for, for 15. Okay. All right. Do you want Rolling Stone or Ultimate Classic Rock? Um, Rolling Stone or Ultimate Classic Rock. Hmm. I don't know if there's much difference in those two. Um, we'll go with Rolling Stone. How about both? <laughs> okay. Let's just, we can do both. Hey, Ned. Ned, come here. Let's see. And while I'm doing this, Ned Halen. Yeah, he he just he just walked by. While I'm doing this, let me just remind everybody we're live on Facebook. We're live here on YouTube. We're live on Twitter. So say we are hello. live at Johnny Bean TV. Johnny Bean Television. Like, comment, share. Yeah, share this video out. Tell your tell your friends. Rolling Trying Stone to get readers to 10, select. Thousand subscribers. Me? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we Both get we gotta them. get we gotta get to ten thousand. There they are, Sam and Dave, the Sam and Dave show. Uh, we're getting ads now. <laughs> Do you want to put it in? Can you put it up in our private chat, and then we can kind of read them off. Sure. Okay. Let's see that we got that and this and that. Some of these websites, man, they're very strange when it comes to. The last two decades have been a strange time for Van Allen. There you go. The band's last three tours have featured three different singers. 
trying to read that. And there hasn't been a studio album since 1998. Come on, boys. When was this written? There was this new studio record out 10 years ago. I don't know, but let's Facebook <laughs> Andy Green and say, Andy Green. Oh, actually, this is from 2011. This is actually from a while ago. It's okay, though. <laughs> yeah, that's an old one. <laughs> yeah. So so this is basically Rolling Stone readers um, select their 10 favorite Van Halen songs. So readers of Rolling Stone. And way down there at the bottom, it says uh, the results aren't shocking. It's 80% David Lee Roth era, 20% Van Hagar. And 0% Gary Sharon era. Oh, too bad for Gary. Hmm. It would have been, it actually would have been nice to get some more out of Gary Sharon. And uh, if they could have just wrapped themselves around writing songs that weren't, you know. Because Sharon had the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. But he got thrown into oh, that yeah. situation that he just didn't, uh, again, he just didn't have his head around it. And and it was in a period when, when Eddie was, you know, um, um, Eddie was kind of just uh, doing things the way he wanted to do it. And as much, the more parts you could throw in there, the better it would be. So that would have been a tough job for Sharon to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Well, any time you change out a, a band member, it changes out the, the dynamics. Of, I mean, you're in a band, yeah, right? It so, does. So when you get like when somebody else sits in, or let's say you just jam with other people, yeah, it's, it, it's a different vibe. It's a different it different really feeling. Is. And and you can, I mean, you, you can tell on the the different records the roth era the sammy era the the sharon era you can you can you can tell with a different person different singer there's a, it's it's a different band even okay, though you have the same same uh musical instruments yeah okay so let's see All yeah right. so this, oh, this number so 10 i'll probably well, this is top here. Okay. I'm scrolling. I'm trying. <laughs> Here we go. Number 10 from 1986, according to Rolling Stone. Dreams from 1986. Yeah. Comes in at number Number 10. What's your thoughts on that? I love this song. And to me, this, I would say this... This is probably the greatest song of the Van Hagar era. I think this is like the best the best song Van Hagar did. But according to this, this is number 10. And we all the world that must be strong. It's that one. That's yeah. what dreams are made of. Did Eddie play yeah. the lead on that? Or did Sammy do the lead on that? <laughs> because uh, that's a Hagar song. 
And it Eddie is. was on piano. And they played that on David Letterman. They did? I don't know. I could be wrong. No, they didn't. They didn't. What they played when they all were at Letterman and Dave Letterman was like, Sammy was 58 years old at the time or 53 years old at the time or something and jumping. And you know, you know how Sammy used to yeah. jump around like crazy? And David Letterman was like, I can't believe, how old are you? I can't believe you're jumping around like that. Mm-hmm. It was a piano song. Yeah. They can Eddie tell was you on the-, the piano. So In the uh, chat, what song was that? There we go. ET has it. I mean, it's kind of misspelled with the extra H, but it probably sounds the same, right? Not enough. Or do you put more of an F at the end of a not enough with an extra H? Not enough. Do you remember that one? Not enough? Um, if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a single. <clears throat> That's why they were on Letterman playing it. Oh, not enough. Okay. So, I mean, there were a lot of times when Eddie was on a keyboard, and so there's oh, Sammy up there. Okay, I got this lead, guys. They actually only did that once for one tour where Eddie's okay, playing keyboard cool. and Sammy's playing the lead guitar. They actually, that okay, was on a, was another there. song, which, we'll, which we might see in this list later on. Somebody in the chat knows that song I'm talking about, and they can say it in the chat. But this particular song, Dreams, when they played this live, I'll give you guys some history. When they played this song live in 1986 on the 5150 tour, Eddie played the, the keyboards live. So if you have any bootlegs of this song live from 1986, you don't hear any guitar during the entire song until the solo. And that's where Eddie would step out from the keyboard and play the guitar solo and then go back behind the keyboard and start playing keyboard again. Mm-hmm. And when, when he would do that, he would play a this couple says, different Kramer uh, backup Dreams guitars. was the follow-up to their first single. Mm-hmm. love mash Uh-oh. right out of the gate that's and then dreams was the follow-up single they shot two videos for dreams two angels do an aerial stunt and the other mm-hmm. showed them playing live ski a go-go how about that yeah when they were you played on that stage 15th anniversary right around the same time david lee roth hired steve vi as the guitarist for his formerly, uh, for his newly formed solo band. Mm-hmm. Okay, there it is. What? From 1991, Rolling Stone, Top Island Songs. Number right now, 19. Oh. Am I lagging too, or is it, is it just Dane? Or am I lagging? Let me know in the chat, please. I don't know. Are you okay? Am I? Do I look okay right. to you? Because you're you're lagging to me. You're like I can hear just every other word you're saying. But I don't know if it's me. I don't oh, that's because so. I'm over here. What are you well, downloading? That's because I was over there <laughs> looking at that. Uh... 
Oh, so downloading okay. the thing you put in the private chat. <laughs> oh, the Rolling so Stone website. Off. That website has so many pop-up ads. It's horrible. Yeah, it's awful. Okay, so you're just gonna, so you're just gonna go through and read them off then, right here. Okay. I'll. I'm. I'm good. Okay. Okay. So dreams. Again, I'm. I'm saying that's that's the best no, song Van Hagar ever did. Dreams. That's the best song they ever did, man. I mean, it's an instant, instant, just classic song. All right, number nine. Okay. If I can find it. Number nine. I read this off, but was I lagging? Did you guys hear me? No, we didn't hear any of it. Oh. But we can hear you now. Well, you look okay now. Right now from 1999. 91. Okay, I am lagging. <laughs> <laughs> <Up here. laughs> Video of the year, according to the MTV Video Music Awards. How about that? You get Sammy in the band. Mm -hmm. Five years later, they got a, a number one MTV video. Number one and video. It was the biggest video of uh, Sammy Hagar's career. Crystal Pepsi paid $2 million to use it in a commercial. Damn. Wow. That played for like 15, 10 seconds. I remember that commercial. Crystal Pepsi. I tried that because of that commercial. He pretty much just lost money. Like, even with a Van Halen song. God. Well, did you ever try Crystal Pepsi? Um, wasn't it just Pepsi? And it kind of tasted like Pepsi, but it was clear. So it was they just didn't clear put the Pepsi. caramel coloring in it or whatever. Yeah. But it still it was just sort clear of tasted Pepsi. the same. Yeah, but it, it was weird because when you take when you drink the clear soda, it's refreshing. When you drink the the the, the brown soda, it's brown it's and not sugary really and syrupy. It's not refreshing. Yeah. yeah. So it looks refreshing, but you take a drink, it's like ah, this tastes like Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> it missed the mark. Yeah, I think but, they brought uh, that back though. Bucks. Crystal Pepsi, I think, is back. You can actually go and get it now, or, or something. I wonder how. I wonder how David Lee Roth felt at the in 1991 when uh, he heard about that Crystal Pepsi deal. I mean, is that two million dollars uh, that you make when you're in a band like that, and there's four of you guys plus your manager? Yeah. Uh, do they take that two million dollars and just split it up between each other? Here you go, man. Here's your cut. You know. <laughs> Or does it all just go into something somewhere? I, well, back in the day, um, when they were making their first several uh, earlier records, all that money would go back into the it'd go back into the, the production of touring. So every year they would tour. I mean, you said you saw them in '84. That was probably their biggest production mm -hmm. ever, mm -hmm. ever. I don't think it was any bigger after that. Uh huh. So every year the production would get bigger from the first album till '84 because they would put the the money back yeah, into the, the touring. They owned their own stage. They owned their own lighting. They owned all everything that you saw. The semi trucks that hauled their gear around. Mm -hmm. You know, bands would just keep buying more and more. The stage that they would set up, they'd show up at the Coliseum, and there'd be nothing at the Coliseum. They would unload all ten of their trucks and build the whole thing. And some bands would even have two. Once you get one full show together, PA system, 
all the way down to every cable, every cord, everything you need to put a show on. A lot of bands would have two of those same setups, so one could be set up in the next town down the street, so mm-hmm. you could play from night to night, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it probably maybe, went right back into it. Maybe they did that. I don't know if they mm-hmm. did that, but I actually know somebody I can I can ask. They will. T- they they would know. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, right now, great song. Again, there's number a Crystal one Pepsi video. commercial. You want to? Can we watch the Crystal Pepsi commercial? No. Okay. <laughs> It'll get you demonetized. Because then Pepsi will own this too. Yeah, I get it. I'd rather watch a Waterloo commercial. Now, right now has the piano part that was in um, that movie Mm -hmm. uh, where the little hamburger was running around and stuff. Um, Remind me. No, that's not right. Somewhere in that movie, you hear that little that little piano part, uh, the piano intro. I'm not sure about the hamburger guy. The hamburger guy was running around to everybody wants some. Right, but there were but other the, places in that in that movie where you could hear the the piano intro to right Hamer. now, like like he was just yeah. Is that true? I don't I know think if that's so. true. Parts I, in that movie you could hear that. You might be thinking about the the movie The Wildlife, because Edward scored the entire movie, and you can hear the piano right now in that movie. Okay. Thank you, Rob. The official Rob Rob Black is thanking me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rob Blackmore. Better Off Dead was the movie. Yeah, Better Off Dead was the movie with the hamburger guy playing the guitar, but... Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I I don't... I don't think the right now piano was in that, but I mean, if it was, I mean, personally, I actually never saw the movie, so I don't know. Maybe it was. In that. Oh man, you got to watch that movie. It, that movie is a blast. <laughs> That's a fun movie, man. You got to watch that one. I'm gonna have to take a look at that one. Yeah, Alonzo, you might be right. I might be tripping, but I, I, I remember hearing it. Hmm. Or maybe it's the wildlife soundtrack. It is. In the wildlife soundtrack, you actually hear this piano, but it's not a piano. It's on like an electric piano. So it sounds like it sounds like an electric piano playing the riff. Like him messing around learning how the song, yeah. And then it's actually it's during a scene where I think um these two kids are like walking down the street, I think. So better Randy V says, Better Off Dead was 1985. Right now was five years later. But sometimes when you have a little song that you're working out, it, it can take five years to get it to where it's all finished and finally released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But technically, right now was already written, the piano, in 1983. Yeah. Because it was recorded in 83, audio, and used in 84 for a movie called The Wildlife. See, Tyler Johnson just said what I just said. Look at that. (laughs) We've got some Van Halen experts in the chat. I like that. Yeah. That shows you this is the Van Halen place you want to be right here. Uh I can dig that. All I have is my aging memory. Mm -hmm. 
I also heard you have a whole stack of like a hundred dollar guitars too. I, I really honestly do. I got a lot. I of heard about that, and at some point, I wanted to. I wanted to see what you had. You're you're gonna have to make the you and Lazo just have to get in the Franken van. <laughs> One of these You'll never days. see me Not again. Not in the summer. Not in the summer because it's too hot. <laughs> One of these days, you'll have to make the trip over here. Mm -hmm. It will live stream from my computer. <laughs> you won't miss a live stream. You can do it from here. <laughs> It'll be lagging. I, yeah, I Lad's definitely. Gonna come in with us tonight. I don't think Where's, so. Uh, send him a link. We're an hour early, so nobody's even here right now. Nobody knows we're on. Well, we got a lot of people in the chat that uh, seem like they're having yeah. a good time. A lot of people paid attention. That is awesome, you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Rob right. Rackmore official. ET5150, Octopus Ears. I met him out in California. It was really nice meeting you. Cool. All right, let's get on to number eight in our list of Rolling Stone Magazine's top ten Van Halen songs of all time. There it is. Eruption. The blazing instrumental from the first Van Halen album. Inst instantly established Eddie Van Halen as the new king of electric guitar. The mighty mm -hmm. Van Halen. Not just the new king, the king. The king of guitar. The king. That's, the king that's of guitar. The deal right there when people Period. heard that. It was like, oh, damn. I'm we sorry, David Ted Gilmore. Nugent was good on guitar back then. <laughs> Mick Jones from, you know, who was our guitar heroes before uh, Eddie, before we heard that? Paige. Ace. Yeah. Ace Freely. Yeah. Right, Ned? Come here. Oh, I heard that. Angus Young. But then we heard that and we were like, oh, boy. Some of these guys got oh. some catching up to do. That's right, Joseph. This song had been part of Van Halen's stage show for years, but producer Ted Templeman heard it one day and decided that it should go on the record before their cover of You Really Got Me, which, in, which was a great idea on his part. Isn't that a good lead-in to You Really Got Me? It's, it's burned into our brains. It really is. Right, Ned Templeman? What do you think and about that? It's been that? a key part of the Van Halen concerts ever, ever since. Oh, yeah. great. Let's put Genesis's Steve Hackett was doing it back in 1982. 72. Sure, he was. Right. What are they saying? Oh, the sure. tapping. They're saying yeah. the, the, the tapping. Sure, Steve Hackett was doing that. Steve mm -hmm. Hackett was doing that in 72. Thank you, Rolling Stone, for name-dropping some old fart into our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally unnecessary to put that in. Steve Hackett's <laughs> version of Genesis wasn't even the good version of the band. I've never even heard it. 
Right. I always think about the guy with the headless guitar with the beard. Mike and the Mechanics guy. Oh, yeah. Mike Rutherford uh, or whatever. Yeah. I always think of him as Genesis guitar player. Oh, yeah. I know it. Oh, of course, Holly loves Steve Hackett. Now we're going to get everybody in the uh, Ned Templeman. There it is, Ned Templeman. <laughs> yeah, well, you Holly, know. Holly loves Steve Hackett. You know, both, both Ned and Ted are both from Santa Cruz. Yeah, OU812. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, Mike Rutherford has been seen on stage playing Squires. Mm-hmm. Sounds cool to me. All right, guys, so... Number eight, sadly, was destroyed by Steve Hackett. Let's try number seven. <laughs> Steve Hackett. I'd like to hear Steve Hackett play Eruption. Yeah, there you go. That would be that would be cool. I don't know if I could even. Sorry, but I, I don't. I don't know. Okay. You want to show me how to play Eruption, Johnny? Yeah. Let me. Okay, the tapping part. Here's what I know. Okay, let me, get this let me put my uh, down here. So I know this part. You got some long fingers. I know, that's part of my problem, huh? No. Look how long. Dude, how many frets can you stretch with that left hand? Can you stretch from the uh, first fret all the way to the 12th? No. Oh my gosh! I can go from the first to Is the that second. a mini guitar? No. Dude. Okay, so hold on. Here we go. So here we go. What? Okay, ready? Oh, I'm on the wrong string. Here we go. Look how okay, Steve Hackett's there. Okay, where do I go there. from there? Um, you do another one. I don't know. I'm getting buzzed. Bye, bye. So anyhow, that's about how much of uh, that song that I've learned in my 60 years. Thank you. Thank you so You've been much. playing guitar for 60 years? No. Number seven. Great song. Mean Street. Yeah. I did not know this. This song first appeared under the title Voodoo Queen on Van Halen's 1977 mm -hmm. Warner Brothers demo CD. CD, really, in 77? <laughs> What's wrong with CD. this article? <laughs> Stone, man. It's where you get the big bucks if you write for Rolling Stone. Their demo CD in 77. When working on their fourth album, Fair Warning, which is arguably their greatest album no with no cover tunes on it so that's why sometimes people say that they wrote mm. new lyrics for the song and gave it a new title yes this became standard working practice for the band yeah they they worked so hard in their early days before they ever recorded their first album 
I mean, they knew a lot of songs and, and they had a lot of song ideas up in their brain. Eddie had tons of riffs up in his brain and Roth would throw lyrics at him. And then a year uh -huh. or so later, they would revisit those riffs and Roth would throw lyrics at him. And sometimes some of the lyrics that he threw at something would stick. And the other guys would be, oh, that's great. That's good. Good. Leave those in there. But you could see Roth through. Throughout the years, his lyric content always moved around, you know, and, and he would get a little bit better until they finally got something that they uh, they stuck with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, they would... This standard working practice for the band. Uh, many of their famous latter-day songs were cobbled together from old riffs and melodies. According to Hagar. Okay, so let's ask Hagar about Roth. That's how the group is composing their new record with Dave. So um, is the new record that they're talking about here, Hagar's talking about for unlawful carnal knowledge? No. no. The new record was for uh, um, the uh, different kind of truth. Is that what Sammy's yeah. talking about right here? Yes. Yeah, this article is from 2011, back when they thought Van Halen made a demo CD in 77. Okay, because A Different Kind of Truth came out in 2015. 2012. 2012, that's right. Their last tour was 2015. <laughs> yes. See how we're getting this stuff straight? Yeah. Hear About yeah. It Later was a great song on that same album. All the songs on, on Fair but Warning it, were great. Again, another awesome intro is in front of Main, Main Street. And um, a great vocal delivery from Roth mm -hmm. on this one. And uh, um, you can, uh, I can't do dates. Cece's like, I can't do dates. Um, but what I like about the song is it's got a great guitar intro that Eddie played in his, whenever he did a guitar solo, he'd do a little bit of the mean street riff and he would mm -hmm. add it to his whole solo. And, um, then when you hear the song, it's only a single guitar playing through the whole song until you have that breakdown. And, and then, um, I'm pretty sure that the overdubbed guitar comes in. After the, uh, we're going to shoot, you know, go somebody down, down, and then the other guitar kicks in. It's a great tune. That could almost be top it five. Is. It almost is, according to this list. Well, it's, it's seven. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you some more, some more uh, history with this tune. Okay. Um, yeah, it's true. It was, it was originally titled Voodoo Queen. And the music, it was it was somewhat there. It didn't have the tapping intro to it. That wasn't there. But the riff, the dun 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 dun, dun that was there. And then the, actually, the very end of Voodoo Queen, they ended up using that for the end of Hot for Teacher. So you know, the very end of Hot for Teacher, 
with mm-hmm. with the drums and the, the da, na, 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 you know that whole thing oh, yes, that was originally well after that oh my god the very end, that part okay that part yeah that part that was the original ending the voodoo queen but since they didn't officially since they didn't officially do that the actual ending to main street i have the actual ending of the recording like on the record it fades out i actually have where it actually stops where you can actually mm-hmm. hear you can hear more solo and you hear some more stuff the song just mm-hmm. like stops basically they're just like they're just, it, it was just a, a it just stopped it wasn't like a you know that's why it faded out but um but when they would play mean street live in 81 they would end the song with that same ending as hot for teacher. Listen oh. to those old bootlegs. You'll hear it. Mm-hmm. You'll hear that. Um, and the, the ending on um, stay frosty is similar to that. Do you notice that sort of kind of the same big crescendo ending at hmm. the end there? I'm going to have to listen to that again. I actually, stay mine's frosty. framed on my wall. Cause Edward, they actually sent me, the Van Halen's actually sent me a, a, a signed different kind of truth personalized from Edward. Um, I think it's a double vinyl actually. I think that album on vinyl, I think it was, it was two. Anyway, I need, I need, I need to listen to that. Yeah. There's, I've, there's I've enough songs on that record. You could easily put that on two vinyls records. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stay Frosty is Ice Cream Man 2.0. Yes. And I'm pretty sure Stay Frosty actually charted in one of those um, top, I don't know, top 200 metal or rock hits when, when that album came out. It made the charts. And Roth was very happy that he had a song in the charts. I don't think it was the top 40 chart. I think it was the top 100 rock chart singles or something. One of those charts. Hmm. Roth was very happy that he had a song in the charts. That's She's cool. a woman. Yeah. Old hey, songs that they finished up, which is okay. A lot of people are like, oh man, they just... Did they just put together all the songs that they hadn't finished when they wrote them, you know, 20 years ago? That, that's okay. Let's, they finished some of this stuff up. That is good. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, because it's I'm, horrible to be in a band and not finish a song. Yeah. And technically, you know, them uh, reworking, you know, reworking something and putting out I think it was more than 20 years later. I think it was more like 30. Right. Um, right. Or maybe it was 40. How, how many years yeah. was it? Do you know how I am with numbers? 30. Right. Well, it's been, it's been 10 time. years. I think it was 30 years. Um, but yeah, technically, if, if anybody, if they work on something and they finish it you're like decades later, it's still them and it's still... Their yeah, song. It's, it's, so it, it really doesn't matter that it was a riff that Eddie wrote 35 years ago, and Dave never got around to putting enough time and effort mm-hmm. into getting the lyrics together. Well, they, you know what? They finally did it. So good for them. Yes. 
Yeah, and it was, it was great. It's an awesome album. Chowder Limits. Chowder Limits? Everybody smash that thumbs up. That's right, everybody. We got 29 thumbs ups. It's pretty Holly good. Holly Lewis is here. Uncle Dude is here. Thomas Santiago. How many eyeballs we got on us tonight? CC? Well, over here, it's telling me 50. Hey, all um, right. 50. So over here, it's saying 5-0, but over here, it's saying... Well, yeah, you got... I got two different metrics going here, and they're kind of... One's here and one's there, so... CC, Feel the Shake was by Jet Boy. Feel the shake. Dun, 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 dun. Feel the shake. Dun. Hmm. Jet Boy. Mm-hmm. Not to cut you off, Johnny. Oh, Sorry no, about no, no. That. No, it's all good. Randy V. Randy V. All, all the best to you, man. Um. All right, Mean Street, number seven, according to... If you're just tuning in, we're looking at a, a Rolling Stone article from 10 years ago, how, how uh, readers uh, name their top 10 Van Halen songs. And that's number seven. Mean Street, number seven, Rolling Stone magazine, top 10 Van Halen songs of all time. Here we are, number six. There you go. Running with the devil. The song that started it all. Yeah, and we had a conversation the about the car horns a couple of weeks when we were on. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, they just took 50-foot mic cables and walked out to the parking lot <laughs> with them and sonk in the horn. No, no, you bring a battery into the studio and you have the horn just you know plug it right on snip it take some uh you know battery uh cables and clamp it right onto the battery and it'll the horn will sound yeah so, yeah. yeah well the, the thing is um before they made the before they made the first record, when they were playing those original songs in the clubs and at at the uh, Pasadena Civic Auditorium, they would actually have a, a a pedal on stage with the car horns built into it. Like they would actually do that while on stage. So if you listen to to the the Pasadena Civic uh, soundboard bootleg from '77, you mm -hmm. can hear them stepping on the on the pedal and making that car horn, and it's the same car horn as on the record. You can hear it. So they used it as a sound effect. So that's what they, they used. connected them all with one car battery. A few years back, David Lee Roth isolated audio track from the song hit the Internet. It's wildly entertaining. I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I have it as uh, on my iPad. Can we oh, hear that? It's like an app. Well, my iPad likes to... Uh... Let me see if I can turn it on. There's an early version of this on the internet, and it starts uh, with a drum beat. And then Michael's going, bomb, 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 along with the drum beat. Like live, you mean? 
Yeah, a very early live. That's how they used to. That's how they used to start it on the, on live on like the the first uh, tour. Is they would start with like drums and then bass uh, and then the uh, guitar would kick in. Yeah, makes sense. Hey, Preston Smith, music. Welcome, man. Yeah, yeah. So this was another song they did on their on their Warner Brothers demo cd back in 77 okay so tyler is saying that the car horn is in the key of f so f is a full step a step higher than the song that starts in e so if you if the song starts in an f and then you slow it down so that it's mm. in the pitch of an e and then you come in on the bass e e e then <clears throat> it probably sounded cool that way is right. the first album in standard tuning though? Um, because when they played live, they would tune down a step. That's a good or, question. Or, a, or a maybe half step. maybe if the car horn is in F, then the they by slowing the car horn down through the tape machine, then it would go down to the E E flat. Hmm. Could be. First album is tuned down half a step. Mike Wood is saying, "That's what I. That's what I thought." Hmm. But yeah. So anyway, this song, "Running with the Devil," there's actually a couple different demos. There's the Warner Brothers demo version, and there's the Gene Simmons demo version. And it looks like was it? Are, you, are we giving? We're giving away the Jump House of Pain, right? We're giving this away tonight. All you got to do is talk to your neighbor in the chat. You'll be entered. That song, House of Pain, was actually a Gene Simmons demo as well. And on the Gene Simmons demo version, Running with the Devil goes right in. No, House of Pain goes right into Running with the Devil with use of the car horns. You ever heard that, Dan? Um, no, I don't think I have. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty you know, cool. though, um, they're, they're talking about the car horn and that was a cool little fun effect at the beginning of the song, but those background vocals are what's magic in that song. And then the guitar playing on top of that, it's just like, wow. Mm -hmm. So when those two guys, Michael and Eddie are singing, run the devil mm -hmm. and they're holding those notes out like that that is mm -hmm. no no band can sing like that those two guys had so oh. much magic in their background vocals no no guys could sing like that mm-hmm oh dude and roth I mean... could roth was more or less in that song he was more of an mc than than yeah. a singer do you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying Mm-hmm. Hey, Scott. Welcome, man. From Alberta, Canada. So the background vocals for me are one of the most interesting and and some of the most appealing part of the early Van Halen music were, were those just incredible background mm -hmm. vocals. Not and hopefully, that. in somewhere in the top ten, these Rolling Stone guys will mention that. Yeah, yeah, and but yeah, it's not just the early records. 
every really every i mean I michael anthony michael michael anthony was van halen's secret weapon yeah and we were Those, talking about his that vocal? live without a net when you hear him sing uh best of both worlds yeah he's hitting those high notes yeah yep. that's michael anthony man i know it dude was legendary still is still is yeah still is he does the intro for this show <laughs> hey cheech cheech did you get your your prize you were a recent winner actually i mailed out a couple other prizes uh today because we had a couple other winners a couple days ago um yeah all right number five number five here we go in the top 10 van halen songs According to Rolling Stone magazine. Number five. Nothing. We should probably do like a drum roll every time we do this. Oh, look at that. Jump. Jump. We're actually giving now, away. Surprisingly, this isn't number one. It because it it was their only number one hit song. Was it? And a huge success. Was it their only number one? In the Roth era. In the Roth era. Okay. Uh Van Halen was a huge success before the release of 1984. But this album, that album, pushed them into the stratosphere. remains their most famous composition. And it's the first time we heard the uh, keyboards. It was? Yeah. The heavy synth sound turned off some older fans. But the video on MTV brought in countless new views. Mm -hmm. And the album kept producing hits. Yeah, but David Lee Roth quit the band after <laughs> the supporting tour wrapped up. Wow. Oh, hold on now. Van Halen had many huge moments in the Sammy Hagar era, but they never quite seemed to own the moment in time again like they did when Jump was all over the radio and TV. And it came out January 1st of 1984. Didn't it come out on New Year's Day? Released New Year's Day of 84? The song? The album. The album? The album? I think so. I'm Guys in the chat. I can't remember. In I think chat. it was January 1st of 1984. What does released. Wikipedia say, you guys? There we go. Because Wikipedia is always correct. Um jump wikipedia is always correct <laughs> i i you know what i didn't mind the keyboard so much um the video because it was sort of a live video it wasn't live in front of an audience but it showed them playing their instruments yeah. you know and it showed alex on the cymbals and it showed them jumping around and you know everybody had their guitars and eddie 
was doing his lead and he just smiled at the camera with so much charisma. It was finally, we got to almost see them live to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? It was the first time we actually got to see them on MTV. Uh, and uh, we sort of got to see them live because we never got to see them live unless you went to the show. So, right. and so that was, and that right. was huge. And, and um, even though it was a keyboard song, the video showed Eddie on his keyboards. But then when it came to the guitar solo, Eddie magically was on his guitar with mm -hmm. all that charisma and just Boy. they were they were at the top of their yeah. game. Dave was doing backflips and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah, Reverse backflips. At 12 a.m. on MTV, I stayed up and watched it. Gee, <laughs> so, uh, the album's called 1984, and the second it turned 1984, the ball dropped and the album dropped. Wow. Imagine so what it would have been like to be a fan. Imagine what it would have been like to be a fan that night. That would that just would have been awesome, man. I don't re honestly recall staying up and watching it on MTV at one minute after midnight. I don't remember doing that. I, I could have, possibly, but I remember where I was living at the time. And I remember the car that I was driving at the time. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. Wow. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Uh, biggest band in the world. Uh, we were waiting for the album. Diver Down was already out. Wait, wait. wait. 22. What? Couldn't believe there was a new album coming out. Everybody was so happy about it. And then when he came in on the keyboard, it was it to me it wasn't like, oh, what is he doing? No, you know, but but through the years <laughs> you, you would you would tell yourself, man, putting Eddie Van Halen, the greatest guitar player, on a keyboard, that's like putting um um, 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 uh, Dave Grohl, the greatest grunge rock drummer of all time, on a electric guitar and being the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. I sort of had the same sort of uh, thought about both of those guys, you know? Eddie on mm -hmm. keyboards is like Dave Grohl not being on his drums. Hmm. Well, you know, Edward started on keyboard, well, piano, and then he took up guitar. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe Dave Grohl started on guitar and then took up drums. Could have. He probably did. I mean, everybody played guitar. Everybody plays guitar. Great, I got a lot of great stuff to say about Dave Grohl because of that tribute concert and how he got Wolfgang involved in that tribute concert. Mm -hmm. I have just tons of great things to say about Dave Grohl right now. And the way he put the Taylor Hawkins tribute show together and the way mm -hmm. he talked Wolfgang into showing up and playing a couple of songs. I mean, nobody else in the world could pull that off except for Dave Grohl. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it, it was awesome.
Uh, yeah, and and um, again, Van Halen's biggest thing on MTV was in '84, and Dave quit in '85, and then Yankee Rose came out. And I remember cruising around in my car, just listening to the radio. And then Yankee Rose was came on the radio, and I didn't know that Roth or Van Halen had a new song out. But I'm driving around listening to Yankee Rose going, whoa, sounds like Roth singing. And it ended up it was Yankee Rose, but it, they caught me by surprise with that one. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I like that song, Yankee Rose. I remember roller skating. Song. And it was a good time because Roth apparently had a great band together. Yankee Rose was a fun song to listen to. It stayed right there in the style of music that we enjoyed at the time. Great guitar players between Steve Vai and Billy Sheehan. Great drumming. You know, Dave was up to his, his the same entertainment value that, you know, that we loved about him in Van Halen. So not only did we have, um, you know, it was almost like when the Beatles broke up. Well, we still had a John Lennon album that would come out every year or so. But we also had a Paul McCartney album that would come out every year or so. So we were mm -hmm. kind of getting more music out of the two of them being broken up. And it mm -hmm. kind of happened the same way with uh, with Van Halen, because uh, none of the guys right. that well, were into the Van Halen stuff, I mean, were they were were we listening to Sammy Hagar in those days? Mm -hmm. But let let's go back. I mean, you're talking you're talking about the Beatles. You're talking about John talking about Lennon all kinds of shit, aren't I? And Paul McCartney. Yeah, so when they when they busted yeah. up and they made their own records, but they were still making records that kind of sounded like the Beatles ish. Yeah, yeah, kind of. When Roth left Van Halen, his stuff to me doesn't sound like Van Halen. It sounds, well, personally, it sounds like Steve Vai. It sounds like mm -hmm. Steve Vai because he really has a, a sound. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, our friend Larry Mitchell is actually on tour with Steve Vai right now. I don't know if you if you knew that. Awesome for Larry. Yeah. Larry. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of feel the same way that, you know, when, when Van Halen first broke up, you know, Roth was able to put another album out relatively quickly. Well, he did that little four song thing. And then he put Eden's mm -hmm. Smile out that was really good. So. You know, even though we were all sad that Roth wasn't in Van Halen anymore, at least he was putting out good tunes for us still. Mm -hmm. And I went and saw that tour. I went and saw the Steve Vai, David Lee Roth tour. Do you, do you remember? And, like and, at and the it's true. In, at, in at, a lot at, of ways, Steve Vai and Billy Sheehan was, was blowing the Van Halen boys out of the water. A lot of guys say that. I don't know if it stood the test of time as much as a, a Van Halen album, but the Billy Sheehan, uh, Steve I stuff was, was really good. It was, it was good, but it, it was very short lived because yeah. after that next record, Billy left. I know. Billy, and Billy was here. Literally Steve Billy was here telling me this. He was, yeah. he was, he was saying that, that, uh, by the time that skyscraper album came out, it just wasn't the same for him. 
Roth was out band. of control, I think, huh? Was it just hard working with, with Roth at the time? Is that what Billy was saying? No, I don't I don't think it was hard working with, with Roth. I think it was just the, the way they were making I think I think he was saying the way they were making the records. Like when they did Eat 'em and Smile, they all played together in one room. When they made Skyscraper, everything was overdubbed. And he said it just it just wasn't um it just wasn't the same. And so he left. Yeah. That's right, OU one too. We're very good friends. <laughs> 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 well, he's been on your show twice with you now. Yeah. You talk to him when you see him at the NAM show? I do. Yeah. I talked I talked with him when I was out at the NAM show. Really nice guy. Mhm. Yeah, but the the David Lee Roth solo albums, they just they did uh they just sort of went away kind of fast. Mhm. His solo career just kind of went away, and it's, mm-hmm. it's it was too it's too bad. It it didn't have it didn't have to be. I mean, he could have stayed with Van Halen, and they could have gone on. But the thing is, I mean, I've always kind of thought, I think Sammy came into Van Halen at the exact right time and took them to whole new levels where they wouldn't have gone with Dave. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think when Nirvana when the grunge scene would have happened, ha- mm-hmm. well, did happen. There was a lot of hair bands, you know, where when Nirvana came out, Dave Grohl on drums came out. That scene was done. Van Halen with with, with Hagar survived that, and they they were able to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because of of Hagar, if that makes sense. Hey, Chris Hansen TV, Enrico B, how are you, buddy? Hey, Jimmy Ray Hawkins, look at this. A lot of awesome people here. There's tons of awesome people here, Johnny. Yes. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you guys for watching. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy, uh, most likely, like you were saying, he's the best thing that happened to Van Halen at that time. Uh, if Roth would have stayed with them, it's hard to say because we're just speculating, but. But if Roth would have just uh, put his ego to the side or whatever and said, okay, I'm in Van Halen, I'm just going to stay in Van Halen, let's take six months off and we'll regroup in your basement, in your dad's basement in six months and try to do another album, who knows? I think they could have done one or more. They could have done maybe one or two more records. But then after that, if the scene went the way that it went, I... I don't know, because when Sammy came along, I mean, well, I'm another just... thing is when when the '90s grunge thing came along and Nirvana came along, it killed the hair metal bands, definitely. Ah, but totally. you can't really call Van Halen a hair metal band. They don't no. make a lot of it. They're not a hair metal they're, band, so it didn't kill Van Halen. They're not. They're they're not. Mm-mm. But. I hope this makes sense. If anybody agrees with me with this, let me know. Van Halen, though, is more hair metal with Roth than with Hagar. Yeah. Does that does that does anybody agree with that? I do. With with even though there, and this is what's weird, man. Even though with 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 the Roth, 
they played more rock style music. When Hagar came around, that's when they were called the greatest rock and roll band with Hagar. And the stuff they were playing with Hagar, it wasn't really, it was more, well, I mean, people, you know, some people say it was, you know, pop. Some people say, you know, it just, it became its own, its own thing. But it was, it was, it was levels above the original stuff. Yeah. I mean, cause it was, it was more, it was more popular. Yeah. Van Hagar was able to just be a rock and roll band. It, you, they, you know, didn't really have a name for it. They weren't heavy metal. You know, they no. weren't the, part of the LA, even though they were part of those, the scene, they weren't just, you know, labeled. Heavy they metal started guys. that scene. They started they were, that scene. Yeah. All yeah. those bands after that, they all wanted to be Van Halen, all of them. Yeah. The ones that succeed, the ones that succeeded were the ones that weren't like Van Halen. Guns and Roses, Motley Crue. Mhm. Is that that fly? <laughs> yeah, fly mean, I'm gonna get that boy. <laughs> Rob Blackmore yeah. officials, me personally, Van Halen is VH with Sammy. Nothing against Roth. Okay. Whoa. How old are you? That's got a lot to do with it is your age. It it totally has to do with your age. But maybe he's saying VH is, is VH. Maybe he means Van Hagar is, is Van Hagar with Sammy. Maybe that's what he means. Did you know that when Sammy joined... Uh, Warner Brothers wanted them to change their name, and they refused. Thank God for that. Why would you? Why would you change the name? Those record executives make so many mistakes through the years. The things that those guys have asked people to do. It is so good that musicians stand up and they actually care about things because if they just listened to what record executives told them to do we wouldn't never have any good music rena seems to think van halen is hair metal <laughs> some people do think van halen is hair metal yeah and that's fine they can if you want to think they're hair metal that's cool you know and i'm sure there, there's van halen songs that can be considered hair metal House of Pain. House of House Pain, Pain that, is a hair metal song. That's something I was going to say earlier, actually. And then we, I know we can get back to that list because we, we've got five more or four more. Um, House of Pain, I always thought there was something really weird about that recording. Like the vocal was like low or the, the, the he sang like in a lower register. There was something really weird about Roth's vocal on that one. Janice is uh, happy to see that Renus is back around. And Quentin James, Billy Squire, listen to his video director. You're absolutely <laughs> right, and it ruined his career. They had a deadline for him. He had a song that just came out. It was in the charts. It was doing good. They were like, we need a video by next weekend. And Didn't he say it was the, the editing? The video director that did um, I'm Still Standing, the Elton John video that was horrible. 
let's get that video director to do it. Oh, that's a great idea. He's available. <laughs> <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll premiere it on MTV next weekend. Okay, let's go shoot tomorrow. Ned. <laughs> Come here, Ned. It's still early, Ned. And there's a lot of people that were big Billy Billy Squire fans in the early 80s. Um, he did two or three. Oh, there goes your couch, buddy. He's getting it good right now. Oh, that's that's Ned's his couch destroyed. now. Seek and destroy. That's his couch. Right? That's right. Look at that uh, brand new purple Kramer Beretta special you have sitting there. Where'd that come from? Ned. <laughs> did you guys watch yesterday's video? Actually, we did two videos yesterday. Of course they did, man. This is your fan base right here. These guys watched it all. <laughs> These are your people, Johnny. Yeah, I appreciate my people. You guys, you guys are awesome. These are your peeps. <laughs> we had a great time. Let me just say really quickly, Ned, where'd you go? I want to make sure he's not right Ned there. Nippleman. Ned Ned Nippleman. <laughs> Ned Nibbleman. Okay. I broke my glasses. Uh-oh. Well, my microphone. Have to do it. My microphone is getting messed up. It won't... You got a nice microphone now, though, Johnny. I remember you used a, some old, old microphone that you had for like 30 years. That's true. I, I used, Didn't you I use used some old mic 50, that you had forever and ever? I used to use an SM58 Beta 58. And then I got this after uh, this last NAM show before everything changed. Oh, I'm so excited for Nam this year. Uh, my microphone is like, it won't stay on the desk. Oh, crap. Oh, no. Well, I, I guess I guess I can do this for the rest of the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it won't stay. Stand up. Stand up. I have to wear my readers now. I can't see anymore. It's all getting old. Some of you guys in the chat know that. Johnny's lucky he's still a young man. Here, this is this is the actual ASMR show right here. Look at the arm on that thing. Came off the desk. I. How do you loosen? Is it lefty loosey? You know how many times the average man throughout his lifetime says out loud, "Righty tidy, lefty loosey." Okay, I got it. Crap. Yeah, this is the technical um, I, okay, difficulty here's what portion. I can tell you about Nam. I got this in the mail the other day, and oh. it is my Nam, um, a little Nam member sticker. 
And so the NAM show is in, uh, I believe it's the weekend of April 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Don't quote me on that. Well, it the stay NAM show sticker. is going to be in April this year. And then next year, it's going back to the last week of January. So 2024, January, last weekend of January. The NAM show is going to be back at its old regular time. Ouch. Regular channel. Next year. Yep. No, next year it's in it's in April, April fourteenth. After that. Yeah. The year after that. Yeah. So twenty next year's to the twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty four, it should be back to normal. I don't think it's ever gonna be back to normal, but more normal. Righty tidy, lefty Lucy. Okay, I think I tightened it because it it seems to be it seems to be fine now. Okay, Johnny, will... where are we at on our list? Drum roll, please. We're down to okay. number four. I'll let you talk about this because I I do have to tuck the chickens in. Okay, I'll do so my best. I'll Don't spotlight you... me though. I get nervous. We still want to look at Ned tearing up your cat. <laughs> okay, okay, I will. Be, I will be. I will be right back though. Okay. Number four. There we go. Ain't talking about love. Be right back. So here I am all by myself. Number four. Ain't talking about love from the debut album. Side one of Van Halen one was running with the devil. Eruption. You really got me. Fourth track was ain't talking about love. Another classic Van Halen 1977 debut. It's one of a handful of Roth era songs that Sammy was willing to perform live. Good for him. Wow, Velvet Revolver played this at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007. Oddly enough, only two members of the band showed up were Hagar and Michael Anthony. And uh, I'm getting buzzed by a fly. And they were both out of the band by then. So that just shows you about the whole rock and roll uh, Hall of Fame thing, how uh, there's a lot of musicians that are not really into it um, for, for other reasons than I don't know about really. But I remember that Steve Miller had a rough time with going there. I actually talked to um, getting buzzed by a fly. I actually talked to the original drummer, and I got to remember his name. But the original drummer of um, Blondie, um, I I met him at a gig one night, and he was doing some show at a small bar. Um, the original mem- drummer of Blondie, maybe you guys can help me out. He told me that the worst night of his life was when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Clem. His first name is Clem. The original, that's right, Bronco, thank you. 
I actually met Clem. And uh, he goes, and they played a gig. And um, the, he, he did a gig with the original bass player of the Sex Pistols. So Glenn Burton, I believe his name was. And uh, they played a bar here in Phoenix. And me and one of my old drummers went down there. And um, Clem was like, out of nowhere, he said, he was talking to like th three or four of us. And he said, the worst night of my life was the night we got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, um, and, he's, and I think part of the reason was that Blondie went through a lot of different uh, band members in its day. And um, just sometimes when you see an old guitar player and then the new guy is there. And apparently everybody that had ever been in Blondie showed up. And and there was some fighting in between them and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's a great drummer. But that's my quick story about the guy from Blondie. What's his name? His name is Clem. And he was the drummer of Blondie. And I started talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because in Velvet Revolver, Played ain't talking about love, and Sammy showed That's up, right. and Michael Anthony showed up, and but unfortunately at the time, uh, they weren't actually in Van Halen at the time. So the uh, Eddie and Alex and everybody didn't show up for some reason. Mm-hmm. And Velvet Revolver played. Eight talk about love and they played Runaround, and it was the weirdest version of Runaround I've ever heard. Hmm. It was like a totally original version cover of a song. Do you guys remember that? It was a it. It didn't sound anything like the song. Um, and then and then uh, sorry to interrupt, but um, and then Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony got up and they play they played Why Can't This Be Love. With Paul Schaefer and Paul Schaefer's band. So was this was really actually part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did Van Halen is inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Mm -hmm. And this was during their induction show that night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And only Sammy and Michael showed up. Yeah. Did we ever hear what, what, what Eddie was doing? What Alex was uh, up to? I don't know. Roth, what was Roth doing? Mm. What year was that? 2007. Yeah, something like that. Oh, it says right here. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it because you, you could watch it on VH1. Was um, Eddie healthy at the time? Uh, I don't know. Or he, or he was in rehab at the time. That's what Holly's telling us. Hmm. So everybody's wondering how your chickens are doing. What do you have to do? Just go make sure they're all in their chicken coop and you cover it or something they're, at night? Like generally, they're already in the coop. Uh -huh. And there's like there's like the main part where it has all the uh -huh. like the bedding and stuff where they lay the eggs and whatever. Uh -huh. There's that, so I can open that up. I can see them in there. I shut that that, and then I have to go in. There's like literally three levels that I have to go through. Mm -hmm. 
there's security guards. There's all kinds of, I have to have clearance. I have to have a pass to get in. Basically, I walk through one gate. It's like that guy from Get Smart, right? I have to walk through one gate, and then I have to get to another gate. I have to walk through that gate, and then I walk into this one area here, and then that's where I literally shut the flap. And the flap is actually an old street sign, like a no parking sign. There you go. You know, like a sign, like a square. Uh I'm not. I'm not joking. I'll show you guys. It's right down in there, like a doggy door. Well, sort of. It if it it, it's like slides up. So it slides up, and then I, I basically have to slide the thing back down. It covers the entire like, like door for them, and then that's and when I go back. How many chickens in there? Well, technically, if a rooster is a chicken, four. Okay. I don't know if a rooster is actually technically a chicken. Maybe it is, but yeah, because the other ones are hens. Okay, and they're all how chickens. Many, how many eggs you get out of there like weekly? None. None. Yeah, they, they Not really bad have Roosters better get doing his job. <laughs> What's going on in there? <laughs> they're they're pets. You should play Van Halen music out there for him all night long. Get the party going. I've actually played guitar out there before. If any of you guys have been on the channel here for and at least a couple of years. And there's a dozen eggs the next day. Yeah. But they're all so brown. No. <laughs> They're pets, yeah. So, they're pets. what do you think about Ain't Talking About Love? Ain't Talking About Love, I'll give you some of my, my history. That was one of the first Van Halen songs I ever learned on guitar, mm-hmm. was that song. And, uh, I mean, the first album, you know, I bought 5150 first, but then I bought the second record, and I remember just both albums I just wore right through. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of heat because when everybody asks me about the first album, I'm always like, well, I heard the first record so much. Mm-hmm. I really don't have, I don't really don't have to listen to it as much anymore. I mean, it's I still already, do. It's already worn in your brain. I've heard it so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, cause a lot, cause you know, cause you know, a lot of these lists, like this is the Rolling Stone readers poll or whatever. But, you know, over the years, we've done some of these similar type of things here. And I always put the first record further down the list because I heard it so much. Mm-hmm. Even though it is, you know, the classic debut, Eruption is on there. It For what it is, it's, it's incredible. It's kind of, uh, it is one of those songs that a lot of people, it's their first one that they learn. Because actually on bass, it goes A, A to G to C, B, A. A to G, and it's the same riff over and over and over until it gets to the very, very end. Right. Hey, we got a lot of uh, chicken comments going on here. Uh, Guitar Man 45 has nine chickens and two ducks. No way. You have chickens, Janice is wondering if your chickens have names. They do. They do have names. There you go. Yeah. Now Mike the very Olsen. first chord of that song is just an A minor in in your first position, A minor. 
And the whole song is basically written right, written right there off of that chord, right? When they, Edward said when they wrote this song, they basically did it. It was like a joke. It was basically yeah. like, it was like a joke. It was like a stab at like punk rock because the punk scene was what was happening at that point. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's punk. Even though punk isn't really a, I don't know if a minor chord isn't a punk tune, but A to, to G, you know, that's punk. Uh-huh. Totally. So yeah. all the way through the whole song, that you could play that riff all the way through until the very end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've heard, I mean, there, officially there was a, a, a rap song that did use that that riff in it. I don't want to say. I want to say it was called the F song or something. And two and because, two live crew. And because it's an, the easiest Van Halen song to play, in my opinion, that that's why cover bands all over the world have that song as a go-to whenever they need an extra song. Everybody knows how to play that song. So you can see tons of bands always playing that song. And that's why so many people have heard that song so many times is not because of radio and being at Van Halen concerts. It's because every time you go to a gig and watch any sort of a rock band play, that is on their list. I broke my glasses. I gotta, I'm going to go get my other pair. Oh, no. Yeah. Anytime I get invited to play a Van Halen song somewhere, that's the song that I pick. Because that's <laughs> like I'll play I'll play that one. And yeah, by the way, you guys, yeah, thank you to CC. If you guys watched yesterday's video, it'll be uh, after once we're done here. Watch the very very end of the video. You'll usually you'll see like a next video, this previous video. I'll put yesterday's video when I was at Guitar Center, and I, I got the guitar yesterday. This, thank you again, CC. CC had this uh, delivered, and it is one of the Kramer Beretta specials. And look at that! Look what look what else is going on. I got the blue one. No way. Let me see if I can play the Van Halen riff. <laughs> Are you in standard tuning? Yeah. <laughs> See that's that that's what made it accessible. This song made Van Halen accessible to your mediocre guitar player like myself. This is what you guys, you know, this is what all these guys, all these kids that could go Ooh, my strings hanging over.
Mark Dillon. You've, you've got the white at one? At the very end of the song, it just does a... So that is why so many of those uh, average guitar players love Van Halen because at least they can sort of pull that one off. Well, and there's also this one. Sure. <laughs> yep. Hey, Rico's asking if you're going to put a Vega trim on your Beretta. Yes, I will. That's going to kick it up a notch. At some point, I will. I like this color, too, man. I mean, this is like the color. Out of all those colors, like this this is the color for this, I think. I would like to get a lime green one. You know the slime green? Mm-hmm. Do they make a lime green Kramer, though? I'm not sure. And look at, let me ask you, because I was telling our friend Robbie here, I was telling him the angle of the of the headstock, to me, I think is more angled than 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 the tilt Kramers back in the day. What do you, what do you think? Do you think is it more angled? I mean, look at this. I mean, if I hold this straight to the camera, I mean it, it's 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 look at that. It's pretty angled. Yeah, it's it's seventeen degrees or something, right? It's got a little angle to them. Still trying to get that guy. All right. So Tyler Johnson guitar. He plays three. He, he's given me a guitar lesson here. Because I messed that all up. He plays three on the E and open A. Plays three on the E. And an open A. I'm not sure what that means. He's He's talking about you really got me. He's talking about third third chord. Oh, right. He's talking about this. Yeah. Okay. Third fret on the E and an open A. You just go. Like oh that. yeah, yeah. Oh, how Eddie would play it. Eddie would play it similar. Eddie would play it like this. See, that's a punk song, man. You could you could punk out with "You Really Got Me." All right, buddy, back to the list. <laughs> These guys are dying to know what number three is. <laughs> song number three. Wait, can you make a guess? What do you think it is? What do you guys think it is? Everybody I think guess. Uh, I, I I saw it already. Not the future. Jump may be have been their biggest hit from 1984, but Hot for Teacher is clearly the better video. 
The group had four young actors play miniature versions of themselves, and they turned the classroom into a strip club. MTV <laughs> played it about five billion times. What was the girl <laughs> in the video? You know her, Johnny. You know her. I do know her. She's been part of the show. Who was the girl? The, the girl's name in the video that played the the teacher. Well, she played the uh, the the the. Uh, uh, the detention she played the detention uh teacher i guess her, her name's Lori tucker and she was she was here is laz in the in the laz are you in the chat i haven't seen laz her. next time we go to la Lori tucker is going to give us a, a tour of somewhere well she said she would give me the tour but if you if you're with us we can meet up with, with somebody from Hot for Teacher. And uh, Bronco is saying that Eddie recorded You Really Got Me on his Ibanez Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't forget to smash that thumbs up. And we're giving away a jump 45 tonight in the chat. So all you got to do is talk in the chat. Talk to your neighbor. And let me know when you're, when you're, uh, when you're good, Zims, because I know. 7 o'clock. I got a little few more minutes, but let's, okay. let's go ahead and get through the list real quick, and then we can give but that away. Is 7 o'clock for you three minutes? Yeah. Because for me, seven o'clock is another hour. Well, we've done two hours. <laughs> we've done two hours now. I know, I know. Just so you guys know, we started an hour earlier tonight. I don't know. Tonight was pretty good. Maybe, we flew maybe. by. This list helped. Well, yeah. <laughs> Next Tuesday, we've got another list we can go through. Sure. The top twenty AM radio hits of the nineteen seventies. No, we'll do <laughs> another Van Halen this uh, next week. Yeah, well, Tuesday is it is Van Halen Tuesday. Every Tuesday here is Van Halen. Van Halen Tuesday. Donald Young says uh, the little Kramer guitar <laughs> sold at auction for fifty thousand dollars. There's Laz. I don't know who who. Uh... <laughs> yeah, everybody Larry, wants to meet Larry. Her. <laughs> what does that say? That doesn't say Lori, does it? That's li Lori Is that another way to spell Lori? Yeah. I don't L O R I or Yeah, but what does that say? L A U R I E. Yeah. Is that Larry? No, that's Lori. That's still Lori? Okay. Yeah. Okay, oh, so buddy, what's same? your what's your thoughts on Hot for Teacher from nineteen eighty four? Oh, dude, that was one of the first Van Halen videos I ever saw back in 1984. I thought it was hilarious. You know? I, I you know, I, I can't say I, be, I was a fan of the band by that point. I just thought the video was funny. Um, but, uh, yeah. Awesome stuff. Awesome yeah. stuff. They were... T definitely at the top of their game. 
when that 1984 album came out. That was it. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. All right, next one. Number two. Okay, can we predict what it's going to be before you get there? Well, What's your prediction? You guys got to try to predict now in the chat. What is number two? Oh, I think I have a pretty good idea. From the same album. I'm going to predict it's a Sammy song because we've only seen like two Sammy songs in this we've list. We've only seen two Sammy songs. Dreams and, and uh, wouldn't it be funny if it was... Um, if it was, um, why can't this be love? Number one. <laughs> well, that that, that was Bronco. I think Bronco's got it. That's what that I was, was going to say. Biggest. Jump was already like number six or something. You think Panama? A couple, couple guys. I'm going to predict. Panama. I'm going to predict. Predict. Finish what you started. I don't think we saw that one yet. <laughs> this is a really weird list. It's kind okay, of a let's... weird list. I'm, I'm going to disagree. I don't think that one was on there, but it could be. It was a video. It could be. Number two. Panama? Oh, no. Panama. Wait, did someone predict that? Uh, yeah. Tommy Thompson did predict that. Uh, and Bob Bronco. Bronco. Bronco, yeah. We had a couple. Oh, Holly's thinking Summer Nights. Summer Nights with the radio. Can't stop loving you. I hate to say it, but I don't think that number one is going to be a uh, a Hagar song. I don't think we can even predict number one because this list has been kind of. Is all it over going the place. to be? Um, you really got me. Is number no. one? Are they going to go there with you? Really got me. I'm going to think know. number one is going to be. Why can't this be love? Because we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. And that was a number one. That was huge. We saw Dreams. Ooh, Alonzo's thinking Unchained. Wow. Hmm. Unchained, huh? Unchained. What about Laz? Everybody wants some. This list is the top 10 Van Halen songs according to Rolling Stone readers in 2011. <laughs> yeah, right now uh, was already part of it. It was like number eight. Yeah. We got a couple of guys thinking Unchained. I don't know. Well, we still have Al Wait that they didn't isn't in the top ten, but I don't think it's a number no. one hit. That's not going to be in there. Um, well, but this see, this is according to Rolling Stone readers. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to say and I think the, it's believe it or not. I'm I'm going to think that they're going to go to uh, you. Really got me. See, here's the here's the trick. This is according to Rolling Stone readers in 2011. Okay. Most rolling, I don't. I don't see any real diehard Van Halen fans reading Rolling Stone in 2011. Right. So this is like a casual fan list. So I don't think you're going to see a song like Unchained. Casual fans oh. don't even know the song Unchained. 
Gary might have it right there. Dance Night Away? Yes, it was a hit. It charted off the second album. It got a lot of radio play. Still does. It still gets radio playing. Hot for Teacher was there. I think we ju- we just saw it. We just saw Hot for Teacher. Let's go scroll all the way back up to number uh, ten, and we're going to recap. Uh, I'm sure I go the right way. If you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Woman's not a bad idea. Yeah, Rico's thinking Big Bad Bill. No, I don't think so, Rico. But uh, let's see, where are we at? So just to recap, in case some of you guys haven't been here for the whole hour. <laughs> okay, so again, this is the top uh, Rolling Stone uh, readers poll from 2011. Okay, so number 10 was so, Dreams. Yeah. Number 9, dream- scroll on down. Dreams being number 10. Uh-huh. Right now. Right now. Okay, two Sammy nine. songs. The, they they got two Sammy songs, the very bottom of the list. But we don't have Why Can't This Be Love in there. There's there's Eruption. eruption. Some people say that's not even a song, but. Well, some people think Steve Hackett wrote it first. Right. Mean Street is number seven, which I I, I agree with. Really good, good song. Running with the Devil could possibly be top 10, or to, I mean top five. This is the weirdest list I've ever seen. Jump is at number five, so just we're just recapping with you guys. Ain't talking about love, is it at number four? So um, Rolling Stone readers, hot for teacher number three we already saw number two right oh it was panama number two is panama so we're down to number one now rico saying unchained i think number one is going to be a hagar song don't tell me what love can do i think it's going to be finish what you started or or why can't this be love that's what i think this is a bizarre list g i you know what I, for some reason, I think you might be right about that. Okay, here we go. Number one, here we go. It's yeah, not Fire in the Unchained. Hole. Fire in the Hole, the best uh, song on uh, Van Halen 3. It was <laughs> a good song that. on that record. Because it, it said 0% Gary Sharon at the top of the list before we started. Right? It, did. it said there's it did. no so Sharon it, songs on here at no, all. No, it can't. It's not a Gary song. Pretty Woman, you really got me. Running with the Devil was number five or number six. Oh, man. I'm scared of this, man. I don't want to scroll but You down. know what? I have a feeling it might be Why Can't This Be Love. I just have that feeling. That's what I'm thinking. But, uh, but uh, if I'm wrong, I'm not going to be upset about it. No. Unlike some of the Arizona voting that has happened the last couple of years. <laughs> All you can do is laugh it off. Okay, here we are. Number one. Drum roll, please. All right, the number one Van Halen song, according to Rolling Stone readers back in 2011, which who knows who they were, is... Dance, dance, 
Unchained. Oh. <laughs> wow. I think somebody read this. Rico looks everything up. He is so quick <laughs> on his phone. I know Rico looked that up, man. I know he did. <laughs> yeah, you guys looked it up. Hey, somebody peeked. Unchained. <laughs> Off of uh, um, what what album was it on? It was track first song. Uh, on the second Diver slide. down. No, just kidding. No, no. What record was that on, guys? I forgot. <laughs> I played the riff yesterday on that purple guitar at Guitar Center. Wow. <laughs> there was that many fans of that. Fair warning. So it was the first song on side two of Fair Warning because I think the record started off with Mean Streets, a side one song one yes you flip the album over and unchained or do i have that wrong or was it the second song on side one no you turn on side side two the very last and, song on side one was i want to say uh now i can't remember one foot out the door that was the that's last the, song of that's side the last two. song on side two yeah i'm saying that that unchained was was uh you flip it over and it's it the starts album with open up with Unchained. Was that the first song no. on the album? Mean Street the, was. Okay, actually, we can go back and I can say something I was going to say earlier. Because okay. when you talked about uh, Mean Street earlier, see, originally, the previous record, Women and Children First, was supposed to end with the song that faded out. And then originally what they were going to do was Fair Warning was was going to come in. They were going to start again with that. That song was going to fade back in. That's originally what they were going to do. But so they actually ended Women and Children First with this thing that faded out that ended up being called, um, I think, Growth is what people call it. Um, yeah. So so that fades out on the record. That little riff that as soon as it started, that, it just dun, faded dun, out. Dun, dun. That yeah, one. Dun, 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 dun. I did a guitar lesson on that, by the way. It's on my channel here. So anyway, so the, the so the record and the cassette fades out with that, but by the time CDs came out, the song actually stops. You actually hear the ending. So it was kind of weird. So so anyway, they were gonna so Fair Warning was gonna come in with dun dun dun, dun like it was gonna keep going and then become a song, but they didn't do that. Instead you hear like the the tapping of of uh Mean Street. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. And then Unchained, I want to say, is the first song. I want to say Hear About It Later was the last one on the first. Is that true? Was Hear About It Later the first song? No, that was the second The last song. song. No, Hear About It Later was the last song on the first side. Yeah. Right? And then you flip it over, then it's dun 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 dun. I think. Right. Yes. I give my records away. I don't listen to them because I don't have a record player. No, fair warning. Great record, man. Really great record. They they um decided to go back in the um uh Dave's parents uh 
where they would rehearse down in the basement. And mm-hmm. they went down there and they wrote all the originals for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Amaz- confused. Amazing. We're confused when it comes to the track <laughs> listings. Because you actually have to look at the record because on most Van Halen, Van Halen albums, they would list the songs on the back of the record, but would they, they'd be in a different order than what they appear on the actual album. Sometimes. I know sometimes. the first album does that. Let me think. If I really think about it, if we really think... The second think... album... Did they have the names of the song on the back of the sec Van Halen 2? Were the names of the songs listed on the back of that record? Um, I want to... Probably. I don't remember. CDs messed everything up. That's right, G. Bushnoff. Laz, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming oh, uh, out to California and... Uh, Seeing my band play down there at the Whiskey Go Go on the fourth, it was really great seeing you guys. Thank you, Laz, for coming to California. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. I know you but, live in California, but by the thank way, you for coming down to see the show. Okay, thank you. Hey, here we go. Side thank you, Laz. Real quickly, real quick. Thank you, Laz, for 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 coming to California last night because we got to hang out with our friend Lewis from Fairfield Guitar Co. We had a great time hanging out. Had an excellent barbecue dinner. And had a great time. Thank you again, Fairfield Guitar Co. Thank you, Lewis. We had an awesome time. All right. So, so Side 2, Unchained started Side 2. Push comes to shove, so this is love. Saturday afternoon in the park. And then one foot out the door. <laughs> yep, that makes perfect sense. That's side two. <laughs> and then Holly down here has side one, which is Mean Street, Dirty Movies, Sinner Swing, Hear About It Later. Oh, she's got the whole thing. There it is. Um, and Mean Street, again, great song. Dirty Movies, killer song. Everything on this album is just like totally killer. One foot out the door. I wish they would have let it roll longer. It seemed like it faded out too quickly. Those guys always would, not always, but they would let some of their tunes fade out before it was time, in my opinion. Stop stop fading your song out so quickly, guys. Let us hear more of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Don't you think their songs would fade too quick? Well, technically, there's a reason why they fade. Because a lot of times they're tracking and they're playing the song. And then, like I said, like I said, I have Mean Street. I have the actual tracks to that where the song actually stops, where it doesn't fade out. And really, they just, it just, actually, it does actually stop. Like, they could have actually just, like, had it where the song stopped. Technically. Yeah. Mr. I have Mick, it on my Mr. iPod. Mick in the chat for just a second, or in the uh, down highlight, Mr. Mick. So Mr. Mr. Mick? Mick, right there, yeah. This one. Yes. Um, his wife came into my store um, two or three days ago. Oh wow! And so she bought a uh, she bought a Zim shirt from me, and she bought a pack of Swiss picks, and uh, I was recording a little restring video. 
you know how, where I restring guitars and I make videos mm -hmm. basically just shining up and restringing some of these guitars that come in here. Mm -hmm. And I made her do a quick little cameo. Your wife is in the cameo. She makes a cameo in the video. I held the, pra uh, the camera on her and she says, hi, honey, I'm here. And then that, so that should be in a video. <laughs> Look for it in the next month or so. Oh, awesome. I have, I probably have about five or six videos that I've already recorded and now they have to go over into editing. My son does my editing. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mick. Thank you so much, man. It's really fun when that kind of stuff happens. Oh, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mr. Mick, good to see you, man. <clears throat> Hope to see you soon in GTA. Didn't we didn't he used to play GTA with us? I think Mr. Mick would, would join us when we would play Grand Theft Auto. On Twitch. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, people actually know that I'm uh, here in Phoenix, and they drop in on me once in a while when they're in town. Mm-hmm. Or they send their they wives stay. in. They send their wives in. <laughs> Alonzo wants to know how I started in the business of selling guitars. Can I should I tell tell Alonzo real quick how I started? Sure. Alonzo, I, I um always kind of uh loved having guitars, but I would flip them. I would buy something at a pawn shop or something, restring it, I'd flip it, even if I made ten or twenty or fifty bucks or whatever. And that was just a little hustle, a little side hustle that I had. And, um, finally one day I, um, right in a little shopping strip mall, a mile from my house, there was an empty spot in the corner that used to be a head shop. And back in the nineties, it was a skate shop and it had set, it was setting empty and they had old restaurant equipment in there. And this was like, for as long as I can remember, I called the landlord and said, I'm thinking about a quaint little guitar shop and the guy called me back the next day and he gave me an offer on this building that was going out of business and it was in foreclosure and he gave me such a cheap rent agreement that i was able to sign a one-year lease for and all in and it was so cheap i don't want to say how cheap but it was so cheap i only had to sell two or three guitars to make the money to pay my rent and i was in that spot for five years and then finally a new landlord came in and I actually had to move into a real proper building somewhere. But the whole key to it is to find a retail spot, get your secondhand license, get your business license, get your insurance and get a collection. I, I had, when I started, I had 40 guitars, about five or 10 amps and maybe a half a dozen pedals and about five grand in the bank. So again, the, the trick to it is to find a retail facility in a little strip mall someplace that is secure so you can put your guitars in there and you don't have to worry about people stealing stuff out of there. 
But the trick mm. is to mm -hmm. find a spot that is so dirt cheap that you you it's easy to come up with rent money. There it is. There's my story. That's my Dude. story, and I'm speaking to it. That's an awesome story. And you don't have to sleep on the floor there either. No. But you could. Right? You could you could could you live in there? Or is that a no? Well, there isn't a I, I have a bathroom, but I don't have a shower and I probably could, but I don't know if security would allow it. It's you know, it's a retail facility. It's not really a residential. They can't kick you out of there. Security. I mean there's security guards that walk around in the front, right? Mm -hmm. They they drive around and stuff. I mean, if you had your lights on all night, I mean, technically, you could be open twenty four hours though, couldn't you? I know, but Is I there have a, a rule house. against that. No, I don't want to live at my store. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I could. But it's cool. Just imagine yeah, living cool. in a guitar store. Get to play I do stuff not all the time. Smell meth. Renus is worried that I'm. He's not worried. But no, I do not sell <laughs> meth or any types of drugs out of my store. If it was back in the eighties, <laughs> think about. He doesn't sell it. Things, yeah. You don't sell when you're giving them a taste. <laughs> you know, I do use that same theory. Um, you know, when you would sell joints, and when you're in high school, I don't know if you were part of this, Johnny. I've never smoked pot. Nobody kids, believes me. There were certain kids that uh, would sell joints in high school. And if you would give a, uh, a kid a joint for free, the first one's for free. And then every couple of days, they would come and buy another one from you, you know? And then you'd start making all the money. But yeah. Hmm. The first one's free. And I use that same sort of thing in my guitar business. If there's somebody that is collecting guitars, and you give them such a smoking deal on that very first guitar. You don't give it to them for free, but you give it to them at your cost or whatever. And then... A week later, two weeks later, they look for another deal. And before you know it, you've sold that person 20 guitars. Before you know it, you have them begging you and shaking at that, your back door. Yeah, their gas is so bad. Their gear acquisition syndrome is so bad. They're, they're, they're pounding on the doors trying to get in. Dane, let us in. Two o'clock in the morning. Dane. Groom. Groom, groom. Dave's not here. Dave? Dane's, Dane's Dave, not Dave, here. Right here. <laughs> Dane's not here. I need another squire. Yeah. Dude, I heard you have a whole rack full of $100 guitars, like a whole entire rack. I do. I had four of those stands that hold like six guitars in the center of the store right back here. And... um. And they're they're hundred dollar guitars. Some of them are like at one twenty and stuff. A lot of a couple Yamaha Pacificas, a lot of Squires, uh, maybe a Donner, maybe a you know that kind of stuff. Hundred dollar guitars. And finally, down the hallway that goes into the back room, I had cases stacked up in the hallway. So I finally moved the cases and I put those four racks of hundred dollar guitars. Stretched all the way down the hallway as you're going into the back room. And so it kind of freed up the center of the uh, of the store. And it puts more focus on the guitars that are hanging on the walls. And I don't know. It just, it just kind of cleaned it up a little. Mm -hmm. 
See, now I'm itching, man. I'm thinking, what what guitars do you have there, man? I'm going to be at your back door. Damn! Come right in the front. You'll have to... <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, guys need Kramers. It's true. <laughs> we do, and we have them. Gear, uh, it, it's no joke about that gear acquisition syndrome. That is honestly, it really does happen. And in the seven years or so that I've sold guitars, <laughs> I've got a handful of customers that have a collection of like 20 guitars now that they've gotten from me. And... um but that, but then they come in and just visit me every once in a while now. And they're already like, no, no, no I already got 20 guitars I bought from you. So they're, uh -huh. they're done buying. But uh, yeah, you get these guys that uh, they're done How, buying. How's your trade-in policy? Very similar to Guitar Center. If you take a guitar into Guitar Center that they think they can whatever i try to give 50 to 60 percent of what i think i can sell it for yeah okay 60 percent if it's super clean you know 60 percent or if it's a gibson or a high-end guitar if it's a scratched up squire it's like 40 bucks or something what if it's a kramer focus 1000 do you have yeah, any of those what if do you have any of those? No. I'm itching now for those because you can't get them, man. Oh, that okay. The the, the focus. not a one thousand, but I have one of those focus series. Remember when you were at Guitar Center two or three weeks ago and you were playing the Kramer Pacer series? That's yes. only like three ninety nine. I have one of those in white for like three fifty. I call that the Paco guitar because that's what he plays. Pacer series. Do I have how much there? is it? Um, three fifty somewhere in that neighborhood. Maybe I sold it. I think I they're brand know. new for like three sixty nine. Right. <laughs> they are. They they sort of hold their uh, value pretty good though. Yeah, sometimes you can get a new one for not too much more, but. Because mm -hmm. the used ones are still selling for almost what the new ones were. Yeah. They hold their value. They do. Just like the show. Alonzo, I'll try to give you a good deal on whatever I happen to have laying around. Man. One of these yeah, days, can you give us a tour? We made a Focus 1000, which I believe were the really good ones. And then yeah. I made a Focus 3000. And then I think they had a Focus 6000, right? They had 1000, 2000, 3000. Oh, okay. Was there a four and a I five? I thought it was one, three, and six. One, no, there was two, 2000. 1000 had the one pickup. 2000 had the two pickup. Mm-hmm. Those 1,000s are the way to go if you can get one of those. Bye, Holly. If Holly wins the drawing, forward it to Danny of New Jersey. Okay.
Yes, Mike, I still have the PV Wolfgang Trans Gold. Fourteen hundred bucks. Call me during the day. Oh wow. So one of these days can we get a tour of your shop? Um I I wouldn't know how to I'd have to do it on my phone and my phone's a piece of junk, man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to wait until I upgrade my phone. It's coming soon. The phone upgrade will come soon. Because with this phone, I think it's an Android or whatever it is. It's really not good at doing any of that kind of stuff. Hmm. Renus, I, um, I don't usually sell too many Chapman guitars, but for a long time there, I was collecting them. And I have three, four, five, six, seven. I have probably seven or eight of them sitting in here. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, I can't do the OnlyFans pictures on my phone. My phone sucks. <laughs> I, you know, I still do have the Chet Atkins nylon string Epiphone. Yeah, I still got that thing. Thought I had it sold the other day. See, these guys remember some of the guitars I've showed you. Because some of the guitars, man, they stick around a year later. Oh, yeah, it's still over there, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Alonzo, you got to check the uh, those PB uh, EVH. There's a flat top one. And there's an arch top one. They're all different. So the ones that are four to six thousand dollars, I think those are the. Uh, they're different, aren't they? Right, Johnny. You know what I'm talking about. The PV Wolfgangs. Okay, what again? I wasn't listening the past uh, twenty minutes. I'm talking about PV Wolfgangs. Okay. By the way, by the way, PV Wolfgangs, the the designer, Jim DeCola, will be with us this Friday. Alonzo, save your question for uh, Friday. Everybody come back Friday with Jim DeCola. All your PV Wolfgang questions, Gibson questions. You don't want to, you don't want to miss that. Hey, hey, dude. Goldman Guitars is here. Nice. Good to see you, man. He was on my show. Mm -hmm. He actually builds guitars. He builds custom guitars, custom pickups. Check him out. Cool. Goldman Guitars. Check him out on Instagram. All right, buddy. I'm I'm a, I'm an Audi. It's time to lock up. Yeah. Dane, thank you so much. My front door is wide open. My front door is unlocked and my sign says open right now. I've been closed for an hour and a half. Have there been people in there tonight? One guy walked through. Yeah. Is it like hot? Is it like 100 degrees outside? No, it's kind of chilly. It's probably uh, in the low fit 60s maybe. Let me see. 60s? That sounds warm to me, man. Goldman Guitars, yes. 60 degrees and cloudy in Mesa. Mm -hmm. 
Goldman Guitars. We we got to make a, a JBTV pickup. Let's do that, man. Let's do it. All yeah, right, here. Johnny. Thanks for having me in tonight, buddy. You're well, dude. Thank you for the early start time. Oh, wrong button. Did the early start time mess you up? No, we it's actually okay, did huh? a, a regular show. I mean, we're this is. <laughs> you thought it was going to mess everything up, huh? No, I thought it was awesome. Oh, good. Everything was cool. Have a great good. night. I'm going to spin once you split, or you can split. Okay. Yeah, you can split. I'm just. I, I I'm going to split. I got to do the spin for this. Okay. Good luck to whoever wins this. See you guys. See you next Tuesday, right? Yes. Okay. Bye, guys. See you, man. Watch Friday. I'll be watching Friday. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Later. Wow. Dane Zimmerman. See, that guy's cool, man. Dane Zimmerman. Okay. <laughs> All right, you guys. We're going to spin. This was the uh, in the poll tonight this one came up jump house of pain all you gotta do is talk in the in the chat say hello let us know where you're watching from and this could be yours and look it matches my shirt watch this <laughs> there we go <laughs> so weird all right all right we're gonna give this away but yeah, you guys, you got to be here Friday, man. Friday, Jim DeCola will be here. That's him with Edward back in 96 at a NAMM show. This Friday, November 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, Jim DeCola will be talking PV Wolfgang. We'll be talking Gibson. He works for Gibson now. So all your guitar questions for Jim DeCola. All right, let's do this. We are going to spin... That should be the right window. We got 70 entries. Oh my gosh, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. We're at about 300 views for tonight's show so far. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, let us know. Where, where's everybody watching from tonight? Let us let us know where, <laughs> where you're watching from. I'm in Santa Cruz, where it's very, very cold out. We got Dan Gorman in Texas. Let's see, I'm gonna win three times. I might. We got Nashville here. We got South Florida. We got Texas. We got Oklahoma. We got ha 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 ha. Robbie's ready to lose. <laughs> Cheech says win. <laughs> Rico B in Arizona. Rena somehow got back into the chat. <laughs> Janice in Connecticut. <laughs> we got the bat cave here oh yeah one two dude you guys fought watch the show we did with oh yeah one two last saturday night man he's got an amazing uh, steinberger guitar that should give you uh the link to the saturday night show Saturday night with with oh yeah one two we got mississippi we got pennsylvania we got Panama. Van Halen Lyrics is here. Welcome, Van Halen Lyrics. You guys follow Van Halen Lyrics on uh, on uh, Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. 
I love Twitter. I've been on Twitter since, look at that, since since 98 or 08. I've been on there for years. All right. 80 degrees in Florida. I need to visit Zim's in my, they're, they're in your town? I need to visit Zim's, man, too. Laz, we got to visit Zim's. Robot. Hey, dude. All right. It's 20 degrees in North Idaho right now. Robbie's freezing. All right, we're going to spin. You guys ready? How do I, how do I do that? Can't remember. Like this. All right, let me let me just get the 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 notes ready. So I can put the uh, okay, giveaway winners. Wow, we've given away a lot of stuff. All right, here we go. Jump 45 and the winner is <laughs> I get to keep it. <laughs> I'm keeping it. Good night, everybody. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I could. Okay. All right, one more time. All right. <laughs> oh All right. The winner, I guess, the next winner will be this one. <laughs> S. McMillan. S. McMillan, you are the winner. This is yours. Text me, 415-952-3263. S. McMillan, jump, House of Pain, 45. All right, we got you. We got you. Okay. All right, you guys. We're out of here. What's going on tomorrow? Um, I'll be up in Walnut Creek. Laz, if you're going to be around tomorrow, man. That barbecue was awesome last night, dude. I want more of it. If you, if you guys if you guys, missed, if you guys missed it, <laughs> we were hanging out with, with uh, Lewis from Fairfield Guitar Company yesterday up in Danville, California. Sorry the photo's blurry. We had a great time. There we are. You can see this photo on the community tab on my channel here. There we go. That that the the white should actually bring it into focus. There we go. There we are. There we are. Last night having a great time hanging out. There we are. Okay. What else? There was something else. There was one other thing. I've got my notes. EVH show. What else was I going to tell you guys? <laughs> Uh Oh, well. Yeah. Okay.
<laughs> that was Darth Vader. That was Laz Vader. All right, you guys are awesome. Thank you again for watching, you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Brand new guitar yesterday. Watch the video. It'll be in the one of the videos at the very end on the ending screen. Will be yesterday. Two of yet. I did two videos yesterday. Both those videos will be on the ending screen once I refresh the once we end and then I refresh. So watch yesterday's videos. There's two of them. If you didn't see them, I'm at Guitar Center playing the purple. Uh, uh, Kramer, Beretta Special, and then hanging out with with Lewis from Fairfield Guitar Co. and Laz, um, having barbecue. Watch that video. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Somehow, I've got a Zoom thing I got to do in the in the morning. Tomorrow night, I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Somehow, and then uh, remember uh, Friday, Jim Decola, be there, as Michael Anthony says, be there. Or keep it there. Right, Janice? Janice knows. Join us Friday. You don't want to miss this show. It's going to be the best show we've ever done. Amanda will be here. It'll be awesome. All right, I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Johnny Bean. Johnny Bean TV. Bye-bye. Hey! This is Michael Anthony right here, and you are watching exclusively Van Halen on the Johnny Bean TV. Keep it there. Woo! See ya!